Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, 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 how you doing? It is previously on The Boardroom, episode four, where we deliberate and dissect everything to do with succession. And my goodness me, one episode we've got to talk through. In my boardroom today, um, Grace and Chris sadly couldn't be with us. Uh, in their place, I have uh, Little Lord Fuckleroy. Uh, little Lord Fuckleroy Mandel, how are you? I'm good, yeah. The sturdy birdie is back again for another very week. Good, very good. <laughs> and over at the other side of the boardroom, it's a really long table in this boardroom, uh, is Wokahontas. Uh, Grace Dent, <laughs> how are you? I'm actually currently uh, feeling like Iverson's giant rabbit. <laughs> Googling that the world's biggest rabbit, carrot. That rabbit, I'm worried for it already, aren't you? Oh dear, yeah, it's going to be in a saucepan. Um, okay, listen, uh, before we before we get down to business, um, we've been getting some press. I mean, yeah. we are, you know, good tweet, bad tweet. We, you know, our Twitter is off the charts, off the scale. Um, we made we made the uh, the Observer podcast review. Thank you to our. I'm pretty certain a triple mutual friend. We all know Miranda Sawyer, right? Everyone knows Miranda. Yes. I don't, but don't if she's listening. Well, big fan of you on the Spice Girls documentary, Miranda. It's a bit late for the ass kissing now, but. Um, we got to mention, thank you very much, Miranda. Uh, we got to mention alongside the other, the other Succession podcast, Firecrotch and Normcore. Um, now, it was, a, it was a great review. It's always good to get a bit of press. So hello, if you're listening and you've come to us from uh, reading that review, really pleased to have you with us. Um, just a little, little, little point of order. Um, I get the feeling that we got top billing in the succession podcast because she preferred firecrotch and normcore i'm just i'm just putting that out there not that there's anything wrong with that miranda bunny sawyer that's absolutely fine i'm just uh, it's just it's just something i feel in my soul it did feel as if she um she kind of mentioned us in they got nicely produced and full of jokes like this is fucking recorded in a tunnel and we just this this is a good point this is a good point to say, though, that this week I do have an actual microphone after recording from the other end of a long corridor for three <laughs> weeks. Um, Jamie sent me uh, a microphone this week, so... I felt slightly damned with faint praise. I mean, but we'll take but it. We'll take it. What it has led to, though, um, is some fairly aggressive behaviour from Firecrotch and Normcore. 
um, they are genuinely attempting a, um, a hostile takeover of previously on Succession. And um, I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. I think we're gunning for a pre-season finale um, shareholders meeting with those fuckers from Firecross and Normcore. So we need to bring our A game. We are Logan and Kendall walking through some kind of like wheat field path. Do you know what I look like right now? I look like Kendall sitting on that chair in the first scene of this episode when he was, you know, when he was watching his the press, he was watching the um, the breakfast television news. With his legs the, crossed. Um, yeah. yeah, and I just loved how he was sitting on that chair, in almost like the meme of somebody eating popcorn. And he was. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it was Michael Jackson in the Thriller video without the. Without yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> he said, um, "I'm going to need the command pod." back he was talking about that living room now hang on is he still in ravas no where was that that was i thought that was his place i say flat as if it's like in plum i thought that was his really tall penthouse so that rabbit was on the balcony i mean so has he not given the the rabbit to iverson is it just sitting in a cage? These things have been troubling me. I just sense that that rabbit stays and numbered and someone's going to forget about it. They're also, they're not that unusual, those rabbits. They do sell them in pets at home. The image of uh, Jess trying to show the children the rabbit on the iPad was just perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's like she doesn't know you can flip the camera on an iPad. She was like, I'm going to turn it round so you yeah. can see. <laughs> it, was, it was Nana at a gig, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It felt to me like there was like three episodes wrapped into one. There was so much that happened. The main part, I think, was the introduction of Josh, a.k.a. Adrian Brody, a.k.a. how many layers can one man wear? I love Josh Aronson's character. The, it, you know, he's showing that side of multi-billionaire that he is the scruffiest person in the room. Yeah, purposefully scruffy. Yeah. Uh, but... And the scruffiest person playing the biggest power games. Uh, I loved the whole idea of where he was living. I mean, someone said today that I saw that surely they they filmed it on that really remote, barren beach because they couldn't go anywhere nice because of COVID. But I disagreed. I thought, to me, this is this kind of really uh, pared down, uh, not too showy, not too flashy, billionaire New lifestyle. Money. It just, to me, that was dreamy. You yeah, know, yeah. did you not see that house and think, yeah, now that is a thing I could buy into. You know, this kind of weird... It was The beach was like Dungeness or somewhere. It was in- like Barnes <laughs> Wetland Centre. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It was new money versus old money. As the episode kind of went on, you you felt at the beginning intentionally. And the, again, the writing was brilliant. They were quite close to the beginning. It was like, hey, my man, you know, my captain, my captain, all of that kind of stuff. He just brought them over to fuck them over. I, from the from the he wanted the pleasure of making them see how fucked they were and how over they were and how new money was, money was going to conquer old. I, I just you know the, the daughter wasn't ill, right? Can we can yeah. we just clarify? Yeah, that, that was such yeah. a play, like such a brilliant and not even trying to hide her. Like the yeah. the sort of cocksuredness was amazing. First of yeah. all, I'm going to summon you here, and the fact they went so quickly, yeah. like that's mm. that's a, such a move. 
And then not even attempting to hide his daughter, who was like sick a minute ago. Um, and I thought, yeah, like, I think you mentioned Ken's sort of friendliness with him at the start. I think that's who Ken wants to be, right? This yeah, like yeah, yeah. effortlessly, like, like he's got all these like cool, like outdoor brands on and he's just like, you know, having clams for lunch, just rocking up, like wandering around, like everything about it just seemed like the opposite of the Roy's wealth which was like quite gauche and quite sort of ugly yeah, yeah. and yeah. and imperialist this was like you wouldn't even know i'm here because i'm in the middle of nowhere and i think just how quickly he got the logan yeah. and ken to sort of upend their whole um fake chumminess was just amazing it was amazing to watch he, yeah he's the bonivere of billionaires wasn't he i really felt with this episode that you know in a way there wasn't a hell of a lot going on with plot. It was a lot of place setting. But what this was, was a really intense look at corporate game playing, corporate tactics, how people negotiate, how they mess each other over. You know, this this whole idea of him summoning these two people and saying that he couldn't get that. I mean, that goes on. We've all had that happen to us at a, a far smaller scale, you know, like, oh, I can't possibly leave the house. You'll have to come to me. It's all kind of dick swinging ways that people prove to each other. Well, you mean but like you mean like not- recording a podcast in your own home and demanding <laughs> that everyone comes to you, Grace? <laughs> like that? I feel very attacked. <laughs> very attacked. Um, it's, but it wasn't just with uh, Josh. This went right the way... This thread of the games people play went right the way through the episode, whether it be Shiv realising that she didn't really have any power in certain rooms, so deciding that she was going to throw her power about... You know, she came at one point and said... She walked into that meeting and said um, with the the media guy about, about the, the stories he can put out about different political characters. And he said, um, you're not allowed in here. And she said, well, I'm just going to stand in the corner. It was that... <laughs> and then there was another with cousin Greg going over to Logan's and the idea of him offering him a drink. And uh, what time of day do we think that was? I'm going for like quarter past ten. Yeah, I thought nine thirty maybe. But to me, all of these these kind of things were just tactics to freak each other out. Really, you know, with plot wise, we haven't really got any further in this episode than we were. But this was like a real look at you know the big game that everybody's playing. We'll come back to, I guess, uh, the big set piece in a bit. I just wanted to talk about a few of those kind of like, uh, I guess, the subplots. Tom had a strange episode, I thought. Almost pastiche, but but kind of like quite tragic. I mean, he's just he's just terrified and, he, and he's really regretting his bravado of kind of like throwing himself uh, on the sword now, isn't he? Well, Tom's in the process of choosing prisons, like we all, <laughs> when we were about 17, casually looked through the, uh, the what was it called, the UCAS book of, of universities. <laughs> so he was going to go for a Jewish prison because it had kosher vending machines and sturdy books. <laughs> something so awful about that. And then obviously moving on to making his prison wine. Now, later, do you guys which- know how to make prison wine? I've seen it on a documentary before. I, had, you, I, had, I was not aware of the concept of prison wine. Chris, were you... No, I pres- does it involve the toilet? Yes, it's toilet water. According to howstuffworks.com, um, 
if you'd like to try your hand at toilet wine, by all means do, exclamation mark. Uh, you'll need 10 to 12 oranges, but you can use anything sweet, right? <laughs> they recommend 10 to 12 oranges, but then go, you can use cake frosting, ketchup, or jelly packets. I mean, chances are you've got one of those things knocking around. A can of fruit cocktail, a packet of dried yeasts, purists, if you're a toilet wine purist, you can use a discarded dinner roll or piece of bread three cups of sugar and a gallon plastic bag with a seal. So basically they use the cistern in the toilet to brew this prison wine where they put in some yeast or some, or just presumably just bread with some fruit and some sugar. After about 48 hours, you add a bit more sugar to spend the next 12 hours releasing carbon dioxide buildup. And in three to five days, you strain the fruit from the liquid and voila, you have enough toilet wine to make bad choices. <laughs> be careful. Because he did mention burping it, didn't he? Like, Yeah, Tom was concerned yeah. that he might forget to burp it. Yeah, that's what you're going to do. Because, because if you don't, you could get botulism. Oh. oh, God. Back to Tom. It felt very alone for me. Greg deserted him. There was a moment um, when he tried to stand up to Shiv and kind of just play play quite corporate. And she played along for a bit and was a bit kind of like, oh, but I'm your wifey. And then she just went, fuck this, enough's enough, raised her voice and he shat his pants immediately. I thought Matthew McFadden was amazing in it because as you said, he does go a bit manic, but also like it, it feels like the show is genuinely exploring like Tom goes to prison, which is an amazing an amazing storyline in and of itself because it was sort of played for a joke last year when there was this thought that he was sort of um, going to be the one that goes down. But yeah, I thought him trying to exert his power as a husband, that failed, trying to exert his power over Greg. And then Greg, I'm so proud of him this episode because between the start of the episode when he had, you know, four shots of uh, whiskey and Coke or rum and Coke with Logan... Between that point and that meeting, he kind of just sat down and figured out like, okay, what do I want to do with my life? How can I use this bargaining chip? And he's decided that he wants to go and run a theme park. A tier two, tier two theme park. Tier two theme park, but he can always go up, you know? And I just thought that was actually really great because like Greg is the comic relief and a lot of his humor is like, let's just have him like be an idiot. And it was kind of nice to see him kind of go, okay, this area of the business is quite interesting. I'm going to just like get what I need. And then, you know, he doesn't want to be like the CEO. He doesn't want to be like cruel to anyone. And I thought that was heartbreaking when Tom realized that his bullying isn't even working anymore. And he brought up that really weird, was it like a Greek tragedy about that guy that married his slave? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll castrate and marry you any day of the week. Yeah, it was, Tom is just spinning out. And I, I thought it was really well played because he's kind of not, playing off anyone he's just in this pit of despair do you think tom has it in him to just kind of and i don't know how he would do it but go over and join kendall because it feels as if that is what's brewing the only thing that really keeps him incredibly loyal is he's now married into the family but i get the feeling that you can see this uh, it, it was an odd relationship, but it's now turning into something actually quite sinister. And as Shiv becomes more and more um, headstrong and more just trying to keep in Logan's good books and willing to not make friends, uh, I, I just thought this was the first time I thought, I think Tom's just going to turn cold. 100%. The off-camera switch of Greg, where obviously off-camera he's gone, yeah, I'll have that. The consequences of that are going to be pretty major, I think. 
because he's now got to explain that to Ewan at some point, presumably. Yeah. And also that that weird lawyer, you know, the activism. Hugh, uh, I think he was called the, Pugh, the sort yeah, of yeah. the yeah. Hugh, who is often not available during daytime. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good line. I thought the meeting with him and Logan was amazing because Logan was being so nice. And it was yeah. it was really quite unsettling. I was like, oh, you you sound weird. Yeah. And then when he just, you know, he says to Greg, like, what do you want? And he's like, what have you got? And he's like, son, that is not how this works. And you just, I was yeah. thinking, Greg, just write a number down, you know, write a number. I think Logan offering that drink was exactly like the power move when he sent the donuts. Mm. He, he does something nice and it throws the whole scene because even as a viewer you were kind of you were trying to concentrate on what was going to happen with logan and and greg but you're also thinking what what drink do you choose and and should you drink and logan's not drinking why would you take the drink were you not in your head mentally thinking what drink you would ask for (laughs) i was thinking right okay i'd say i'll have one if you're having one and then i'd ask for a scotch or something like that and then i'd take a tiny sip of it to me this whole episode was just about psychological warfare what i loved about this episode that i think we haven't had much this season is there was a lot of different things moving at different speeds and it was just really great to sort of have all the stuff with uh with josh on that mysterious island he lives on and then be like oh yeah and shiv is throwing her weight around or like roman and jerry are sort of convincing a, a homeless man or a formerly homeless man to take a picture of his tattooed face. You know, there was just oh loads God, and it, yeah. it felt so, there was just so much going on. And I think the sort of Kendall and, and Logan storyline at this, you know, the start of the season, we've just had this one narrative that everyone's involved in and it has been a little bit less fun. So yeah. it's great to just have like, even, um, oh my gosh, the guys that uh, Shiv kind of went into the meeting, it's Carl and Hugo. Is it Carl and Hugo? Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah. "What? What? Come on, guys! Have you got any further with this?" And they're just—they—they they are so good. Those kind of outer circle, almost like the Greek chorus of the show, where how they were responding to the the Roys is sort of really indicative. Everyone seems to have kind of worked out what they want out of things. Connor did, Greg did, and Connor's still what the raisin is going to run now so i'm going to leave it for for, for another four or something like that who's the raisin i presume the incumbent president that's the, yeah. the nickname of the the trump like president but i right. think they seem to be and i think for the the uh, correctly avoiding having a trump like president in the show yeah. but i think his nickname is the raisin cuz he's really old um, yeah yeah do you know with with shiv i think that you know her storyline it all roots back to when she went in to see Lisa Arthur and she said, oh, can I just talk off the record? And then she just kind of spewed up this stream of consciousness the way she was kind of said, can I just talk off the record? I don't know basically what the hell that I'm doing. I can't trust anybody in my family. I don't know who to tie my, you know, my ribbons to because they're they're all going to screw my career forever and I don't even know whether I want to be here. You know, it was kind of blah. Yeah, yeah. And that's the truth. You know, yeah. and I thought that was really such a sad scene because she hasn't got any friends. And no. in her head, she'd built up that Lisa was a friend. And she was really speaking from the heart then. And she said that. And yeah. Lisa basically said, just don't tell me anymore. 
And I think that that is what we're watching her going through. Now she kind of, you know, she she thinks, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I really should probably follow Kendall. And then daddy rings, doesn't he? And says, you're a good girl, Shiv. You're yeah. such a good girl. And you're the, it's you, you know. You're ne-. And then she's like, oh, it's me. And then he rings up again and says, you know, it's not you. You're not good enough. You need to go in. You need to go in and, and, and uh, make enemies. You're good at that. And this little smile comes over her face. And that's just where she's just spinning. She just, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, she, out of all of them, she feel, felt this week the most tragic. She felt, she felt the most exposed as well, I think, as well. You know, she, she hasn't got any allies anymore. Mm. She, all she has is dad's, is daddy's affection. And, and even that, even that ran out towards the end where he was like, I gave you a destination. Nothing is a line. Everything everywhere is always moving forever. Get used to it. And she was just like, what? Mm. What? What do I do? Giving her a, a made up job title. You know, the company's never had a president and then suddenly go, you're the president. You know, you don't, it is very similar to like, you know, you don't earn anyone's respect by just turning up. I mean, her last job was like a political lobbyist or something, wasn't she? Like, and I thought there's constant disdain for her was fascinating because it seems to have finally sort of sunk in. And I, I feel really sorry for her, but also what did she expect? Like she just keeps walking into rooms and talking to people and they're all like, it almost was a bit like David Brent of her. <laughs> like, mm. you know, everyone is rolling their eyes at her. And I thought that is brutal because you've taken that, you know, um, Ken said to her last week, like you've sold out, like you've, you've joined like the dark side basically. And it's it's fine doing that if you're actually in a position of power, but she's got none of the benefits and all of the shit from doing it. Even on the conference call when Kendall, oh hi sis, you know, there was no there's no real camaraderie from that 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 letter really stung Kendall. You can tell that, and he was kind of like, I don't know if we can come back from this. And I actually believed him. That that didn't feel like a negotiation tactic. That felt like a, a proper wounded brother. I bloody loved that conference call because, again, talking about tactics and, you know, warfare, psychological warfare, they always feel a bit like that anyway. You know, I think that this is the first time I've seen it properly uh, represented in drama. How awful it is being on a conference call. You know, they, they, they were all pretending who was actually with each, you know, who was there. And they didn't tell him that Logan, they didn't tell Kendall that Logan was on the call. I love the fact when Kendall came in and tried to make a joke and Roman Roman says, ah, jokes on a conference call, we all enjoy them. Because we've all tried to do it. We've all tried to make a joke yeah. <laughs> on a conference call. And then you're a bit like, is, is this thing on? <laughs> yeah. Other thing I loved is that Jerry is still dialing everyone in and setting it up. She's yeah. still doing the things she was doing when she was like in her old job. And, and she's like not got any command over the room because she's the one having to like literally set it up and I thought that was really telling like again like I mean at least she can do her job but like she's not in charge any more in charge than than she was last no I love that Jerry went out on a date I know I thought she was why did I think she was married I know she's been like no he died oh did he because do you remember in the first episode the second episode in season one when they um, they were at the hospital mm. and Jerry said, I'm finding this really hard because this is where they brought my husband. And Roman went, oh, right, yeah, I remember your husband. And and he said, is he, is he, the, he the guy that did magic tricks or something? <laughs> and he went, yeah, yeah. And she said, how is he? And she said, 
he's dead. Because <laughs> he was in the hospital. And Roman went, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> I completely forgot about the, this. I completely so forgot about this. this. Yeah, well, it's yeah. this idea that, um, you know, Jerry, this, I, I get the sense this is kind of one of Jerry's, you know, first flings since that happened you know right. kind of re- rediscovering her sexuality with Roman but I love that she's kind of just going out on a date with someone who's actually of her age and of her maturity and she said I'm going out on a date and you could see Roman was pissed off <laughs> and he started making all these jokes <laughs> about about this guy I was really curious I would have loved to have seen this man you know this storyline with the the tattoo face man though? Yes. I just think it is absolutely perfect because obviously it is the most vile and repulsive thing. I mean the the, the writers must have sat around and thought what what can we have what can we drag up from their past that you know is potentially you know so it would set social media alight when people start to see this and it could be you know so it is you know the, one of the one of the most upsetting and abusive things, you know, to permanently tattoo a homeless person, you know, and then I started thinking, but it, it really kind of to me makes a comment about the fact that, but on the other hand, it could just be a flash in the pan, you know, they're so awful, and if and it, to me it was a comment on. By the time they started to dig, to dig up the worst stuff about the Trumps, no one really cared. No, exactly. You know, there becomes a point where people, you know, anybody, anyone who loves the Roys and loves Kendall, loves Kendall. And yeah. anyone who hates him, hates him. And that's it. And well, it's the, the, such, it, to me, it was such a marker of the way that society is and the way that social yeah. media plays out that, you know... This could it could go you know this could be big in America in New York at three o'clock in the afternoon and it could be within two days enough people will just say well it didn't happen anywhere I don't I think, care fake news. I think importantly though with with you're right about the Trump analogy and I think after the after the grabbing by the pussy uh, nothing happened after that it was kind of like well what what the fuck else can we do? Um, I think the only difference here is the fact that. We we have to remember that we're seeing everything that the, the, the fictional kind of world is not seeing. So we know that Kendall uh, killed a man. We know um, about the tattoo guy. We know this. None of that. Nothing of, of that, apart from the um, the cruise uh, smears, has actually come out in public yet, has it? So yeah. So, so I I thought I thought it was wonderful that when tattoo man arrives i think it really to me gave an extra very tragic edge that you know he was looking pretty good to me he looked like he'd you know done 12 step program and he'd got his life in in order and he he looked you know he had that look on him that he looked clean i don't mean clean physically i mean clean of all substances you know and he had that look of rebuilding his life and the it, this was clearly very triggering and upsetting to him to even have to think about the person that he once was, you yeah. know. And I, I thought that was a beautiful touch. If yeah. they'd, you know, a completely normal linear plot would have been that they'd kind of met some kind of guy that was in the absolute throes of drug, you know, drug addiction who was going to just say, I'll just take whatever you give me. But to me, it just, it, it really humanised him even further to see that he was, he was a... He'd, he'd made. He'd managed to come through this awful situation. There was a lots. Of, there were lots of small displays of just 
vulgarity of wealth, wasn't there throughout this? I mean, you know, Josh uh, was just so wealthy, it just uh, hurt. But then for, for Roman just to, you know, one million quid is just like, I don't know, what is the equivalent of their one million quid to us? Is that like a hundred quid? Is that a thousand pounds? Is it 50 quid? I don't know. But him just to go, I was going to say a million quid. And you could just see that the, the poor guy was just like, this is going to kill me, but what the fuck else can I do? It's a million quid, you know. Yeah. When Roman said a million quid, did both of you not shout, that's an opening offer. Ask yeah, you, more. You could have got five. You know? yeah, yeah, if yeah. someone said one million off the top of their head now, I would think, okay, there's at least six or seven yeah. around that I can get because... No, it's the same amount he offered that child in the pilot when they play that mm. baseball game. Ah, and then rip and then rip the check up. Yeah, I don't it must be such a small amount of money to them. And it's it's also probably not Roman's money either. Exactly. It's come out of some some pot, some taxable kind of like expenses pot. Yeah, just such a specific thing, like getting paying somebody to get someone else's initials tattooed. Like it's so inhumane, but they that man consented to it. So it kind of, it's not just about what's the most violent thing that he could have done. What is the, it, what is the most crude? It's like, it's so inhumane to, to pay someone to do that. Yeah. And I thought well, there was such a specific thing. I thought it was really like interesting. Let's regroup back on the, uh, on the, on the island. Kendall was really tested because after, still after all that they've been through, that father and son, all Logan had to do was just to offer some sickly sweet kind of bullshit platitudes. And he, it bamboozled, it bamboozled, and it bamboozled him straight away. It still just knocked him sideways. And he was just desperate to kind of like go, really? Okay, really? Really, really? You know, it was, it was, it was brilliant acting. Brilliant acting. I definitely thought when Logan was doing his speech, ostensibly to Josh, but it was essentially just for Kendall's benefit, where he's like, it's, it's, it was always going to be him. Like, you know, it's, he's the, he's the number one boy. I was like, I don't believe Logan, but no. I think, I think Ken will, and I think he'll fall in line. And then it didn't work. And I thought that was what was, it's like what he said, to, like what Kendall said to Shiv. I don't think we can come back from this. Feels like something's, permanently shifted and i didn't think kendall had the sort of withdrawal to commit to this because it just feels like this whole pursuit has been sort of done for the wrong reasons but it even the thing that has worked on shiv connor and roman and ken before it didn't work and i don't think it's stuck and i thought that was what the most fascinating thing was um and those silences just really like emphasized that that ken is kind of in his little like you know when he sort of goes a little bit insular and zones out slightly. Um, but I was like, maybe he maybe he genuinely knows that he's torched the earth this time. Let's take a step back. Knowing what we know about the very last scene, that must have always been on the cards because Stewie must have been on his way over. That must have been who Josh kept nipping off to speak to uh, throughout the episode. There was no other end game for Josh at all. That was what was always going to happen. He just wanted to see them squirm. And he wanted them to know that they were not in charge. And he went with new money, which is Stewie, right? It's such a massive power play, though, to kind of, you know, you know, Kendall and his father are the biggest story in the world. And everybody wants to know how their relationship is. They don't even know themselves how their relationship is. And everybody knows that they haven't seen each other. They're holed up in different camps to summon both of them. <laughs> 
yeah. and to have like the hottest story, the biggest story on the planet happening in your own living room while you kind of sit in a you know in a load of layers and you have and just kind of and also lying the baby to me it was such such a power play you yeah. know to kind of say oh yeah my daughter's ill and then have your daughter cavorting in the Some swimming pool swimming an hour pool, later it was just yeah I mean, maybe it, that's the summary of the whole episode is know your place yes you know you've got you've got greg and logan you've got tom and shiv you've got uh the the, the tv the the news host who was who was basically whipped into shape to slag off his mate, the president. It was very much, and and then with Josh, with both Logan and Kendall, it was like you are not in charge here. I'm in charge. This is what's happening. That seemed to be the the overall consensus of of all of the kind of like little subplots. Um, I loved that. Um, I loved that line. Shiv said, she said something like, this isn't up for debate. This isn't a conversation. Um, we're just going to shout fuck off at each other a few times and then you're going to do what I say. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what we've not mentioned? Go we've on. not mentioned Connor's sudden appearance. He was only on for about 45 seconds in this episode. He was great. Connor being there's little, offered... There's a little attaché case of four or five exact roles that he's got mapped out for himself. <laughs> Connor had been offered Gormondo Channel. <laughs> a wine show. He was... And he was saying, oh yeah, do you think that's what I'm going to do? So was he talking about presidential aims again? Sorry, did I... Did yeah, I... so so the, the, I think he was referring to... So he said that the, the, the raisin is going to run again. So I'm thinking I'm going to go in four. Connor has got a bite hasn't he yeah. when he wants to he's a brat his line to Shiv um, really cut her to the quick which was the you know do you remember when he used to stamp all the mail as it came into the house and you pretend post office? And she was like, yeah. So that's kind of what this is now, isn't it? And it was like, yeah. fucking hell. That's we crazy. haven't seen him, you know, it's, he's been the mediator between the siblings this season. And so to see him just suddenly, I mean, he seems to have taken her appointment quite personally. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that he was, you know, he was sort of shouting about how racist their dad is and really like being quite a spoiled child. But I think it was really interesting to see him just go, look, I want some money now. I thought he was really quite alarming because I was like, oh, Connor's normally the quite the genial one. Um, speaking of, of of the racism, it felt like that really got ramped up. There were several points in the episode where it was really made a point of the, the, about Logan's racism. Yeah. There was the Connor thing. There was the Logan talked about being fucked by a yeah. at one point. Yeah. There was the I bagel. And, there was the bagel and coffee. Uh, yeah line which was thrown towards Josh. I kind of feel like we've not heard the last of that. I felt that as well last week that Succession has been very uh, blatant this time about showing us that, you know, Logan is is an old man and he is absolutely not going to change his ways now. And he's going to come with his very, very old attitudes into uh, in, into a into a place now where people are absolutely not tolerant of it. You know, 2021, 2022 is not the place to think that you can get away with these, you know, casual uses of words that even in 2015, po- possibly people would have kind of thought, oh, you know, he's just an old man. But it it, it is, it's very interesting. Mm. I thought, you know, I thought his attitudes to, uh, to Josh were fascinating. And that's another thing that costs this 
partnership or this allyship with with Josh is that Josh is, I mean, I, we understand he's a billionaire activist. I think he's new money. He made quite a few references to sort of investing, gambling. I just kind of wondered if he was a bit of like a crypto, like Bitcoin sort of guy. And you have to just, you know, you don't do this like bullshit, like I'm going to intimidate people and bully them and 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 like I'm going to be a, a shark. Like these this younger wave of like, bros that are rich they don't do it that way and i think i think the whole exercise in getting ken and logan walking around you know trading barbs i think it was just to be like just to show them like look how ridiculous you're being like stewie turns up and we conduct business like business and he even said josh said at one point i can't invest in a blood feud because where do you untangle the, the politics and the personal and the the power plays. Um, so it's been so interesting, I think. There was a really good insight into actually how much money we're talking about as well. It was the first time, I think, in that I'd heard in a few seasons, which was an actual tangible amount for a percentage of the company. So so, so Josh said uh, he owned 4% of the business and he'd lost 10% of that value, which equated to $350 million. I think $100 million is a billion dollars in American money. I think Josh is in for $3.5 billion, which is only 4% of the value of Waystar, which would make Waystar, holy shit, uh, 4%, about a $100 billion company. But like so that's, Harold Vorderman on Countdown here, I'm like writing so, it all down. <laughs> so when, when Roman's throwing a million quid at Tattoo Man, that's yeah. how little that matters to them. Has anyone's predictions changed now in the events of, I think, which was pretty seismic shifting of the sands uh chris uh so prediction for the last moment of this series i mean it yeah i lo- the logan health scare this week uh about almost the midpoint of what might be the middle season you know if, if, if it goes on for five says to me that i think this isn't the last we're going to see of logan's health and potentially rearing its head so i kind of think you know, I'm back on my back on my theory that he's going to collapse at a pivotal moment, or that the family reconcile in the final moments, and then he, you know, drops down. Or I think the health is going to definitely figure in this season. Um, that's my current feeling. Woke hunters. I keep th- <laughs> I keep thinking more and more that they the family as a whole do not have a friend in the world, and that despite everything they may have to all come back together that's that's what i've come to think as well i think the greg thing for me is kind of slightly disappearing now i think i kind of think tom is going to go to jail yes um and i think that the last scene of 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 kendall realizing that he's just been played by josh and stewie and that actually they were fucked unless they become the Roys again and become that formidable force. Yes. Uh, you know, it's it's like the Power Rangers getting together and becoming that one big Power Ranger. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they need to do that now. Otherwise, every single one of them is dead in the water. And Kendall's realised that actually it's all very well him doing that, but, but by doing what he's done, he's kind of spoilt it for himself as well. You know, and, and that's one thing that Josh did say to him. So I, I think that they are going to regroup, whether or not they do that um, begrudgingly or with with relish and with affection, I, that remains to be seen. But I, I think that they're going to, they, they now have to. The, the rest of the season has to be how the Roy family 
cling on to Waystar in the event of of, uh, of, of Stewie and Josh. I do think it's interesting that um, Connor's bid to be president, although it's hilarious, because obviously it is, it's Connor, <laughs> it, there is something I do keep wondering whether it's so preposterous but at the same time, um, they're trying to bring down other presidential candidates. And I do think, is this is that also going to be, yeah. by the end of the next season, is it going to look like he is actually prospering with that? You know, is, I don't know. There's, what do you think? Do you think that's just going to carry on being a comedy plot? No, I mean, that's not a bad shout. I mean... I mean, they're bringing down the raisin. They're causing all this upheaval. I, th- I don't think that's a bad idea at all, because who's the biggest ally that Logan had was the president, which he was now lost. So putting one of his children in there would just be the piece de la resistance, wouldn't it? Kendall has done almost everything that he's done in uh, over the last few episodes because he was so utterly furious with his father. He wanted to show him that he wasn't going to be ch- chucked about, he wasn't going to be disrespected and uh, he wasn't going to go to prison. I do feel like he has punched his father on the nose. He has given him a warning. He's probably got more respect from doing this than he has for being a good guy. I do wonder whether he they will all come back together and just send Tom to prison. I mean, it'll be nothing to Shiv. Shiv, Shiv doesn't care. She can go and sleep with other people. Shiv needs to figure out also when when the right time to divorce Tom is in terms of optics. Like, if he goes to prison, like, where does that leave her? Like, could she consolidate more power by... I mean, I just have in my head that, like, Shiv and Stewie end up being a thing. But I think that's just your kink, though, right? I mean, that's not a bad shout, though. Just love people with uh, pleated trousers finding each other and <laughs> having a nice relationship. I, I was very jealous of Josh's outfit, though, I must say. Yeah. I was getting very much Oscar Isaac scenes from a marriage um, vibes. How many layers of cashmere can one man want? That's what I think I look like when I do the big shop at Sainsbury's with my four (laughs) dog walking coats, despite the fact I don't own a dog. (laughs) You look like you've been playing that game that you do at a children's party in the north where you just put tons and tons of coats on and then spin around and then try and remember who you are. Or I don't know what the rules were, but... It was the billionaire's version of Joey wearing all of Chandler's clothes. Yes. <laughs> the other thing um, we that you know talking about Adrian Brody being in this, we we're really really looking forward to that for quite a while. He's not the only big guest this season. We have yes. Skarsgård coming in at some oh. point, and he was when they announced the casting. They said he was playing like a a tech a tech CEO. So whether there's going to be like he can get on the board and they're going to try and sort of get some more allies. Because Logan said in this episode, like, we don't have enough allies. We don't have enough people on our side. True. I think that they he'll maybe come in in that way. Uh, or there's going to be like a sort of regulation thing a la Facebook. But well, Yeah, well, maybe Skarsgård is the kind of Zuckerberg kind of person, the one who's, yeah, who's kind think, of in as much shit be... as the Roy's is, and together they, they need each other. That'd yeah, right. that's what I think. Also think that the... the um, Roman, Shiv and Kendall's mum, was she called Caroline? She's a shareholder, and I think they, they, if they want to get the numbers up, they're going to need her. And I'm sure she's a regular this season, or she's got billing this season. So, There's all the predictions you can shake a stick at there. If you've got any thoughts, tweet us at previously on pod, or get in touch with Chris underscore Mandel. Is that right? I think so, yeah. And Grace, are you just Grace Dent? or at you- Grace Dent at Grace Dent or at me, Jamie East. <laughs>
uh, exciting times. Episode five next week. We'll be here Tuesday morning, previously on Success in the Boardroom. Thank you very much. Bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.